podcast. Uh, we are running late, and we apologize to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. That's that's true. I, I missed the liquor store. Yeah, but that's okay. That was my fault. That's okay. So thanks to everybody for the comments on the last podcast. Continue to uh, interact with us on Twitter at NoIdeaCast. Uh, email us at NoIdeaCast at gmail.com. Hit up our Facebook page at NoIdeaCast. And also uh, engage us on YouTube at no Idea Podcast. There I know I lied last time and said there was going to be some new stuff out there. Hey, but there really is going to be some it, new stuff out there na- next time. So, it's coming. Uh, it's, it's coming. coming. It will you be know, there. It's, it's and, not and a it, lie. It, it, as it long will as it be show enjoyable. Up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all that good stuff. So, uh, AD. Um, yeah. Our prediction is almost. It's, it's almost there. And I, I personally want to thank all the supporters out there who showed me some love for. Me being right about this conspiracy stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, the league just couldn't let what is destined to happen happen in the suite. And yeah. it's because they just refused to, to taint the legacy of LeBron James. And, and you know what? Surprisingly, I mean, not surprisingly, notably, there is an absence here today. And uh, yeah, that would be uh, absolutely. From, uh, Mr. What we call D Ray. Yeah, he, he didn't yeah. want to be uh, on the show and have to take this barrage that I was going to put on him today because he has no way to defend this. Yeah, I mean, now. there's really not anything for him to be able to defend. I mean, after your team gets blown out yeah. in the first two games, similar to like uh, how it happened last year. Actually, um, they should have probably been blown out a little bit in that third game, but, you know, the Golden State Warriors have this ridiculous habit and I guess I don't know if you can even really consider it ridiculous when it works. But, you know, when you're a three-point shooting team and you continue to jack up threes when they're not falling as opposed to going to the rim, getting right. that other team in foul trouble, and then, you know, going to the foul line and kind of still padding on your lean, your lead while you get your three-point shot going, mm-hmm. they never do that. They it's never it's do. just like, you know what, we shoot. And we shoot from far out, and that's what we do. Yeah. And we're going to live and, and die by that. And that's okay when you win 70-plus games right. doing that. Right. But, you know, in the one or two or five games, however many it is during the season where that doesn't work, it really irritates the heck out of me when they just continue to jack them up when they're clearly not going in. Yeah, yeah. At some point, somebody's got to be the leader on that floor and step up and say, hey, guys, uh, we, we – we need to dominate. They already believe that we can make these shots, but they're not falling in right now. So they're giving us the wide open, wide open paint right. all day long. Just take an extra dribble and get to the rim. Get them in foul trouble. Let's get to the free throw line. We got the best free throw shooters uh, in the game uh, on our squad. Absolutely. And we need we need to take advantage of that. Absolutely. Because, you know, you get them in foul trouble, they have to start playing completely different on defense. Oh, yeah. You know now what I mean? You get wide open to threes instead of contested threes. Exactly. And now they start to fall. And, and so I don't know why, but, like, um, and it started to happen in game three. I started to see it. You know, they would jack up threes, jack up threes, and then all of a sudden, you know, Kyrie start doing what Kyrie does. Yeah. Man, that dude is so cold. He is really amazing, and uh, that's another reason why. Uh, D-Ray doesn't want to be here today. He, right. He doesn't want to have to face the fact that they don't win again. They do not win this game, uh, game four, without Kyrie Irving. 
Well, he he, he right. bailed them out so many times. Well, the thing is, is that if the honest truth of the matter is, and I think this really solely just speaks to the the stupidity of how Golden State plays at in sometimes because everybody being on their A game. Golden State blows them out by 15 to 20 every game. If KD is on his A game, he going to give you 35. Mm-hmm. If Steph Curry is on his A game, he going to give you 32. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If Klay Thompson is hitting, he going to put in 28. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you have Draymond who might give you eight. Andre Iguodala give you another six. It's go- they going to score 130 points if everybody's mm-hmm. on their A game. Whereas if Cleveland's on their best A game, you know um, – Last game was a bit of an aberration because everybody was shooting ninety five percent from behind <laughs> exactly arc. like everybody. But you know they gonna shoot they they gonna give you probably you know ninety five you know to a hundred or whatnot. But um, the honest truth is that in game three, if Kyrie had been the Kyrie who was in game four, they would have won that game. Yeah. Um, and if Kyrie does not have a similar performance in this game tomorrow, right. It's all over. It's over. Yeah. It's over. Um, and it's not, you know, because I've heard a lot of people, they'll come back and they'll say, yeah, but, I mean, he scored, what did, what did he score in the game four? Kyrie scored 38 points, yeah, something, something like that. that. Mm-hmm. He scored that much in losses, too. But people have to, the shots we're talking, it's not just the points. It's the kind of shots he's making. Yeah. He's bailing out the entire team uh, with just – Shots he's throwing up at the rim at lat with seconds running off the shot clock. Possession is almost ruined, and he's draining these uh, these unbelievable unbelievable shots, yeah. shots. I mean, and those are the shots we're talking about. Right. Yeah, he can him and LeBron can both score right thirty eight, thirty nine, forty points Absolutely. in a game easy. Yeah, but it's like we said most of the time. That's in garbage time. Those it's it's possessions that don't really matter. Exactly. And they're you know, but when he's hitting clutch moment type shots like that, where he's bailing them out right. possession after possession after possession, every time Golden State gets it within ten, and he comes and jacks up a three that no way he was ever supposed to make right. with his eyes closed and falling down. You right. know, I mean, it, those type of shots is what kept them in the game and helped them win the other night. That type of Kyrie makes Cleveland really tough to beat. It does. It does. And um, I don't know. I just – that's the only thing that kind of freaks me out a little bit is because if that Kyrie shows up again in Golden State – and if Golden State does not have the wherewithal to change up their game plan to not jack up a whole bunch of threes if they're not falling. Now, if they're falling, okay. It's oh, not yeah. going to be a problem because they're going to lead the whole game and it's not going to be an issue. But if, if they struggle from the arc and if the, the shots aren't falling, um, then, you know. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I predicted it. Uh, game six, Golden State wins in Cleveland. The last show, you know, but I really think it's over in game five. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I I mean, and I know it sounds like I'm hedging my bet here because, right. I'm, you know, I still could be right if I'm wrong about this. Right. But the way I see it, they go home tomorrow. They're in front of their fans. That's their gym. I don't, I don't see them struggling from beyond the arc at home. Right. And, um, you know, it's just – 
this game, um, I see them all being on all cylinders. And I and I told I told D Ray, mm-hmm. I told him that if Clay Thompson, right, was ever to show up if he was ever was on his game yeah. there was there was nothing Cleveland could do mm-hmm. absolutely nothing and that's that's really what happened the first two games for sure when he came <coughs> out of his shooting slump and started hitting three because I kept saying okay he always had an answer for me about who was going to guard Durant right had an answer for me who was going to shut down Curry but but you know even on those answers yeah I think Kevin Durant is averaging thirty points a game. He in the is. Series. He's out, he's and in the fourth quarter, he's outplayed LeBron in every game that we've had, except the one that they just lost. So right, he. I mean, he's been a beast, you know. But um, I mean, so much so that the national media is talking about a changing of the guard. Right. You know. Um, but I just wanted to just make the point that that even LeBron had to admit finally that it's just the most firepower he's ever seen and had to compete against. And they don't have when all, like you said earlier, Russell, when all of them are on, right. There's nothing Cleveland can do about it. You can't stop. When Draymond's giving you 15, when Andre Iguodala's giving you 12, when you're getting, um, uh, off the bench production, like they've been getting from, uh, Levingston, uh, or Livingston, and if you can put that center duo on there and get JaVale McGee blocking shots and get using all his fouls and, you know, Pachulia getting on there and using his fouls and hitting free throws and, you know, every grabbing rebounds. Right. And those shooters are, sh- are shooting. Mm-hmm. There's nothing Cleveland can do about those guys when they have supreme confidence and know when before it leaves their hand That's, it's going in. Yeah. You know, when they're shooting like that, there's absolutely nothing clear yeah, can do right. about it. And and you see it on LeBron's face. Yeah, you're the, right. The dejection in his face. <laughs> he, he just knows there's nothing he can do about it. Yep. You know, and, um, you know. Absolutely it, nothing he can do. Nothing he can do and about it. And he's just it. looking there with despair and panic in his face like, man, the media is going to get me. They're going to tear yeah. me up and I got to, and what am I going to say? You know, and, and i tell you what. I, a lot of you guys out there on in the Twitterverse, man, you guys, y'all were getting on us, and I saw it on Facebook too, um, about why why is there so much hate going towards LeBron? Like right. why why what's what is the purpose for the hate? Right, it is not hate. Right, and I'm gonna tell you what it is. It is for me personally, it's the, just a total lack of understanding how you can somebody can be so loyal. To him as a fan, that you just won't honestly ever admit that I mean he he's not perfect. Right. I mean every time you talk to a LeBron fan, he can do no wrong, and if they didn't win, it's not LeBron's fault. Right. It's, it's everybody else. Right. It's everybody else on the team, and you can never. And my thing, I you never get LeBron. If I'm on, I won't say never because never is impossible, but right. rarely do you get LeBron. To get up there on that podium and say, we lost because of me. Right. We didn't win this game because I didn't do enough. Right. I'm the greatest player in the game and greatest player around the world. But every time I lose, well, my supporting cast, man, they just. Right. And you know know what? He he does it in kind of uh, offhandish kind of remark. Like the thing is, is. 
I would like for LeBron if he doesn't come through in the fourth quarter because that's really my big issue with him. Like if I, I'm not gonna lie, LeBron has been pretty dynamic uh, this year in this this season and in these uh, playoffs and in these finals. But absolutely, you know, it's still when when you look at the games that they've won. Yeah, okay, LeBron had what thirty two. And it was a good 32. You know, he started off the first quarter and all that good stuff. But as you mentioned, uh, I, you know, we were watching the game. And um, I think everybody who was watching the game thought the same thing. Man, you know, they were down by 20 in the first quarter. And then every so often they get it to 12. And you'd be like, you know, this could turn around real yeah, quick. Here, here <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because cause that actually, I was shocked. Uh, Golden State had the the firepower to be able to turn things around and win that game three because, you know, the, it seemed like the momentum and the energy and uh, everything in Cleveland was, was clicking. And it seemed like, you, you know, you can just kind of watch a game and see and it, you kind of get that feeling like, oh, man, you know, they can't get things to start going their way. Right. And uh, it wasn't until KD came down and hit that three to put them up by one. Where I was like, oh, man, I think that three right there broke the momentum yeah, and yeah. switched things the other way. Yeah. And, and they ended up winning by, what, four or five that game. Right. But um, uh, outside of that, I uh, I just don't understand how, uh, how they'd be able to do that, how they'd be able to uh, – to kind of fight against the uh, the momentum that Cleveland had. Well, the thing about it is, is that they know right. that at any given moment, they can hit four threes and score twelve points like nothing, right. just like that, instantaneously. They're back in the game, and because they have that, they have supreme confidence in their shots. They continue to throw it up. No lead to them is insurmountable. Right. They look at it. A twenty-one point lead, and they're like, "Man, that's that's seven three pointers." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what I'm not anything to. And they're big. like, "Man, that's nothing." We get a couple of stops, you know, three pointer here or there. I mean, there was a play in Game Three where I think uh, KD shot one and was falling to the ground because he got fouled, heard the whistle, the shot swished, nothing but net, right. and got a four point play. And you like when you know you can shoot like that. And if somebody touches you, you, you get, a get a whistle. Fight, yeah. That's four points. Now you really done condensed. You're like, oh, man, we can get a couple four-point plays in here. You know right. I mean, this thing is nothing. Right. You know, so. And, uh, and all you need is a couple of stops. That's but, it. you know, it's hard to get those stops when you're in foul trouble, which is why Golden State should, you know, drive and, and put Cleveland in that foul trouble. But, I mean, the only thing that gets me, I, I believe, you know, I'll have to go back and listen to the last podcast, but I believe I said – thought that it should be over in four but that it probably was gonna go five for a number of different reasons and i still kind of feel that but i just don't know like i i'll be i'll be honest with you for the first two games they were very lucrative for me as i mentioned before on this podcast i i play these games out here you know what i mean <laughs> so i put a couple of proposition bets down on games one and two and they unfolded Exactly as I had foreseen, as if I was the emperor from uh from Star Wars. And <laughs> then Palpatine. Yeah, when when they when they went back to Cleveland, I was like, I'm not real sure how that was gonna work out. And so I held back. And then on game four, I figured that yeah, 
the Warriors might lose that, but I figured, okay, well, if they lose, they might lose by four. They might lose by five. I didn't foresee them losing by, you know, 20 or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, and so that just 19. puts me into a perspective of, well, I don't think this will happen. And the reason I don't think this will happen is because I think Kevin Durant, him being in his first, you know, final situation to where uh, he's like, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to win this. You know, yeah. I don't went through all this. This is the moment. If I have to score 52, I'm going to do that because <laughs> yeah. we are not going to go seven games and have them have a chance to win. Right. It's just because of that that I think that it is going to be over, but I'm just not as sure as I probably was about the outcomes of game one and, and game two. You yeah, know? no, nobody is. Once you get a win, it becomes a series, and you know right. what I mean? Uh, but really, they need to get Cleveland needs to get a win on Golden State's home floor to really make it a series. But I agree with you. I think KD is going to have uh, a really big game in Game Five. Uh, he understands this is moment, it's his time, and he can't. Uh, he's got to take the lead here on this deal uh, because he is uh, the best or second best player uh, on the floor right now. Right, and he's got to he's got to lead that way. Uh, and the, his coach even said, "Hey, I think he's starting to realize like like right now this is his team. Yeah, he's he's taking over this deal, and he's got to lead like that when they come out at Golden State. Uh, the one thing that gives me confidence that they're going to win uh, is that um, Golden State rarely has off shooting nights at home. Right, uh, when they're home in front of their crowd, um, they're pretty loose." And the other thing, number two, is I just don't foresee Cleveland being able to shoot 80% from the field right. uh, and make 99% of their free throws. And, I mean, they, they were out, they were lights out in game four. Yeah. Unbelievable shots. You know, uh, Clay, I mean, Kyrie uh, looked like Superman again. Uh, just the things he was throwing up and able to shoot. I mean, when – when Iman Shumpert comes in the game, right, and can step from the hash mark right. and hit threes, and J.R. Smith and J.R. Smith, you know? it's it's pretty much your night. That's that's the only thing, though, is you know. So I agree with everything that you just said, a hundred percent, from a logical perspective. But the the question that I'm dealing with this that's making me be like, you know what, maybe I should leave this game alone in terms of you know the the betting and all that stuff is just, you know. Are they thinking in their minds, here we go again? And if they're thinking in their minds, here we go again, is that going to make them not as loose as they should be when they're taking those threes and, and so forth? You know, because if you have that hesitation, if you have that worry, then, you know, those shots maybe don't go down. Yeah. And then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy because it's like the shot's not going down. If Kyrie keep balling out like he is, then I don't know. I feel like they should close them out here uh, in this next game, but would I put like cash on it? I probably would not. At yeah, this point, no, time. at this point, just, I wouldn't put cash on it. Uh, but and and for some of the same reasons. But I think the mentality and the makeup of this team—you can kind of tell—they galvanized and rallied around each other after Draymond got suspended in Game Five right. last year. And nobody put any blame. I actually just got to reading an article on ESPN.com a couple of days ago that was talking about how they held together, where a lot of people 
uh, were concerned that there was going to be some grudges held against him for getting himself suspended. Until he's got to be what within Golden that. State. Within Golden wow. State, okay. they thought there was going to be some major issues with teammates being like, "Man, you cost us a championship. If we had you in Game Five, this thing was over." Right. And uh, it was not that way. Uh, matter of fact, most of the coaches on uh, Steve uh, Steve Kerr and the other, you know Mike Brown, the other assistant coaches, all said that. They made sure that they asked the players right after the season was over what they felt about it, and everybody to them to a man, every single one of them was like, "Yeah, uh, we did tell him that night, you know, mm-hmm. that he's got to be smarter than that." But yeah. they actually took it personal once the league suspended him for the game, uh, and it became like a us against the world attitude where they right. came to his defense instead of blaming him. They was like, wait a minute now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So y'all just going to come and take the series from us. And that's really how they felt. And even in the post, I mean, uh, postseason you know, interviews before they left for the summer, um, that's what they talked about. They talked about, asked every player, do you have any problem or hold any grudge against Draymond for that? And no. And what I like about it, though, is that every single one of those teammates said that. Mm-hmm. But Draymond actually stepped up and said, yes, I did cost them the series. Right. I should have been there. I've learned from my lesson. And I shouldn't have made those mistakes. You know, and, and he did say that. He said, but my teammates, not, not, not one of them ever blamed me for it. The other third reason that I don't that I that I would not bet on them closing this game out is because the LeBron legacy. Right. The league is determined to keep some sense of legacy intact for him. They have him on this pace to becoming the greatest of all time, the GOAT supposedly. And I just I don't see it. I don't right. I don't see it. I can't understand how people can keep putting in there. Again, y'all don't jump down my throat. Right. I'm not saying he's not a great player, that he doesn't make great plays. What I'm saying is that results are results and facts are facts. Right. And when you look at him, and over his career, he has not always dominated in the fourth quarter, in clutch time, when it's meant for superstars to step up and do that. If you go back through history of the other greats we talk about, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, um, who am I missing? I'm missing one, Magic Johnson. I'm missing a lot of them. The ones that won multiple titles. Right. When you look at them and you say, did, did Magic Johnson show up in those finals? Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, yeah, Magic Johnson and, showed and, up. And you know what? The, the, every time. But And not only did they show up, but they showed up at the clutch moments. And and that, yeah. this is what I was getting to with the LeBron thing that I think I kind of got uh, thrown off on is, like, yeah, LeBron could have 32 in a game, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And you know what? He gets that for the majority of the time, first through the third quarter, maybe the first through the, the, the part of the fourth quarter. And I'm not saying there aren't any games where he in the last shot or in the the fourth quarter doesn't, you know, do good things. But when we're talking about the finals, particularly last year's finals and this year's finals, when you need LeBron to do something to take the game over and put it in the Cavs' hands, he's not the one doing that. You know what I mean? He put up a bunch of numbers in the game one, game two, and guess what? They lost by 15, 20. Okay. Game three, uh, they lost as well. I mean, that was a closer game, but I would say even in that game, even though people are giving Kyrie a bunch of crap, 
Kyrie was basically trying to do what he knew he probably would needed to do for them to win, which is what he did in game well, four. I got to take over and make the big shot. Yeah. And, again, they both got outplayed by KD in the fourth quarter. Right. And that's why there's been this talk about the changing of the guard because KD has dominated LeBron and K and Kyrie in this series in the fourth quarter. He's averaged 14 points a game in the fourth quarter. He's taken over for his team uh, since this series started, and that's why they've been winning. He stepped up and showed that he is a superstar right now in this league. Right. And I'm not saying that I'm putting KD. I'm not going to go as far as the as the truth and say, you know, KD is has overtaken LeBron James right. as the greatest player in the game. What I am going to say is that we need to pump the brakes on these conversations about LeBron being the GOAT and greatest of yeah. all time. Yeah, that's you, stupid. That's it's name. absolutely ridiculous conversation. And the only LeBron fans believe that it's not. Right. But it's crazy. And results are results. Right. How many championships did Bill Russell win? I think he won 11. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. Uh, so I, I can't remember if if he ever went to a finals that they lost. Yeah, I don't recall. Okay, Jordan went to the finals and is a perfect six and on the finals. And people right. say, well, I don't really want that. We can't base the greatest of all time just on that argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Right. Because it's not like he coasted to six and zero oh in the finals. Right. He was the man on those teams every time they won, and he dominated. Even the ones where he passed the ball and someone else made the game-winning shot. He was still involved. He was the dominant player that kept them in the game to have that moment. You can't have the moment of passing to the ball to a wide-open Steve, Steve Kerr, Kerr right. to win the game if you hadn't already dominated the right. entire fourth quarter to keep you in the game. Right. You know, and... People forget that. I think yeah. they forget that. When you talk about, there's a reason they call Kobe Black Mamba. It's because, yeah, he might have missed, just like Jordan, 40 shots in that game. Mm -hmm. But the ones he made were at crucial, right. clutch, we have to have it now moments to win. And you don't see that from LeBron. Not only that, but what's Kobe's record in the finals? Yeah, I don't think he lost one. Uh, I know that he won three with Shaq and two by himself. No, you know, I think he did lose one. He, he, the, him and Shaq lost one, but they have a winning record in right. the finals. They won more times when they got there than they lost. Jordan's perfect in the finals. Right. Magic Johnson won more times when he got there than he lost. Larry Bird won more times when right. he got there than he lost. When we look at... LeBron's LeBron. finals record. He's yeah, getting he's ready been to be, a lot of times. He's getting ready to be three and five. He's getting ready to be three and five. And and it should have been three and five, and two of those are sweeps. And so it's like, how are you going to be the best player of all time and your team in the finals got swept? You know, like I said, I don't know what happened in that last game. Who knows if that something similar can happen in this next game? I don't think so, but the possibility is there. But – you know, it's really shameful to put yourself in such a high esteem and then to have such a terrible performance. I mean, in my opinion, that's and that's my whole thing was is with LeBron. How are you going to say you better than Michael Jordan? You know what I'm saying? Like as a fan of LeBron or whatnot. And, 
you you've been swept <laughs> in the finals. In the finals. And you got a losing record in, in the, the finals. finals. And you've been in finals games where and on multiple occasions you've been blown out in the finals. Exactly. It's like I, I think Michael Jordan got blown out in one game in the finals against the Utah Jazz where the Jazz just kind of went crazy on him and, and, right. and won by probably about 20. And I want to say the Bulls followed that game up with a blowout game yeah. of their own. Yeah, I think or, so. You know, it was always a, oh, well, you're not going to just embarrass yeah, me like you're this. Not gonna you know what I'm saying? Like this. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and this, this is my league. And he made sure everybody knew it was his league. And, you know, actually, another NBA player, I can't, I forget whether or not it was. Um. Oh man, uh, Jalen Rose or, but somebody brought up the fact that LeBron, as great as as great as he he plays throughout the regular season, um, I mean he just. He has he has never really he's never really just stepped up and been the type of player that you expect for on a leader. A lot of people they and they talk about somebody one of my good friends mentioned earlier that you know hey I consider Magic Johnson the greatest player of all time, not Jordan. You know Magic Johnson this or that. And you know, I, I, I okay. You, you want to have that argument? But, but this is the only reason I maintain Jordan is because of what I saw in the '90s and what everybody saw in the '90s. Like you saw a presence on that court, you could, you could feel it. Like I'm taking this thing over now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and it's like, regardless of what the situation was, oh, the Bulls are down by two with five seconds left to go in a crucial game. You know, even though everybody in that arena knows that the ball is going to Michael Jordan, that the defense is going to try to do whatever they can to get the ball out of his hands, but it's not going to be sufficient. In some way, shape, or form, he's going to get the ball and hit the three that ties it and sends it to overtime. He's going to get fouled and go to the free throw line. He's going to make it happen. He's going to take the game over and will them to a win. And you just yeah. don't get that same vibe from LeBron. And, and and it is kind of what it is there. You don't. Um, and I mean, there was some uh, ridiculous, and then we can move on to something else, but there was some ridiculous comments that people were making out there. Look, let's stop doing the team comparisons uh, and saying, well, if you put LeBron on this team and take KD and put him on this team, blah, blah, blah. LeBron would have had one. Yeah, yeah, y'all no, are going. Stupid. You're going too far when you do this type of stuff, man. So you telling me that you take Kevin Durant and put him on that Miami Heat team with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, right? And he's not going to win a championship. Class, and yeah. he doesn't win a ring, right? But you put LeBron on Oklahoma City's team, and now they multiple championships. Right. Stop. Yeah. Just, just stop. Just yeah. stop with the madness, okay? Yeah. The reason that LeBron continues to recruit and ask Cleveland to bring talent in is because you need talent to win. Yeah. Everybody had to have some talent on their team. But the reason I maintain Jordan as the greatest of all time is because 
player by player from top to bottom, if you compare his championship teams to the Showtime Lakers, to LeBron's championship teams, to any championship team you want to, yeah, I guarantee you he does not have as many Hall of Famers or top tier players. No, you you you're right, and 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 that that was the point that I was uh, I was getting to as well. Like you know. If you want to say Magic is the greatest, like you just said, that somebody says, okay, well, you know what? That's cool. But but you have to defer when the person that you're saying is the greatest says, man, the best player I've ever played against is Michael <laughs> Jordan. Jordan. You exactly. know what I'm saying? And I've told like, how you going to say Magic Johnson absolutely. is the greatest? And albeit, Magic Johnson is a great player. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. But if Magic Johnson looks at you dead in your face and says, frankly, man, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Michael Jordan is the best I've ever seen do it. If, if Larry Bird, yeah. you know, one of the greatest, uh, another greatest player of all time, who went back and forth with Michael Jackson, with Magic Johnson, says, oh, mm-hmm. man, you know what? Michael's the best. Yeah. He says, literally, I thought it was God in a man's <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Exactly. When people, when all-time greats bow down and say this, right? you know, and it's not like Jordan is going back and forth with them, but I don't know I'm the great. Jordan don't even say that he's the best in many instances. Exactly. You know, he says that's a dumb argument to make. Right. But when you have these all-time greats deferring to Jordan and saying, yeah, nah, I, I appreciate you saying I'm the greatest, but, you know, nah, man. <laughs> yeah. MJ. Yeah. Then you have to take their professional Hall of Fame, pretty close to greatest of all time experience, yeah. and you have to defer to that. You and have to. It's it's stupid for you to say, nah, Magic don't know what he's talking about. He's the greatest. Like, okay, well, you can say that, but Magic says Jordan's the greatest. So <laughs> exactly. I exactly. side with Magic. I'm gonna <laughs> you know side with Magic. I'm gonna take Magic. I think side Magic knows more about basketball and about yeah. what it takes to win than you do. Absolutely. Um Absolutely. and so that that's what it boils down to. But um that's really what what it comes down to is, you know, can LeBron go ahead and, and take that step? And, you know, at this point, in my opinion, especially after he loses this one and goes down five finals. And and I've always maintained LeBron is, what, 32, 33? Yeah, you know? And, and, and people forget. I said the same thing about Kobe Bryant. And everybody was like, oh, no, nah, man, whatever, whatever. LeBron's 32 or LeBron's 33 is not the typical NBA player's 32 or 33 because LeBron has been playing in the NBA since he was 18 years old. Right. You know what I mean? He didn't go to college and yeah. play for however many months and then have a long off season. You know, obviously in college, they're not playing 82 games right. a year. Right. You know what I mean? They're not having deep runs into the playoff. Right. That's a lot of wear and tear in your body. Right. And so – you know, a lot of people can be like, well, LeBron, you know, he's still got three, four, five years left of competing. I don't believe so. I think LeBron probably at this point would be lucky to have another one or two years in this prime space where he's playing like this. And then he's going to have that huge drop off like Kobe did. Like, it was so crazy with Kobe. It was one year Kobe's in the All-Star game competing for championships and then the Lakers are struggling to find, you know, get to the finals. And exactly. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, happen. and what the the Cavaliers are going to have to try to figure out what to do. You know, obviously, you know, you got Kyrie. He's going to be there for a minute. You're going to have to figure out how to 
move LeBron out that situation and bring in, you know, some new blood to keep yeah. that thing going. Otherwise, you're going to end up going back into the tank where you probably belong. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I that's the thing right now is that that's what Jalen and them were talking about. They right now are predicting that, you know, he's only signed through Cleveland until 2018. Right. You know, so after that season, he's a free agent again. So they're already predicting that he's going to try to – you know, wind up in L.A. or well, well, that's what need and and if if LeBron wants to do that, you know, he probably gonna feel like he deserves another max deal, and he may be able to get it. But if I'm Cleveland, and I know Dan Gilbert or whatever is taking flack because of the way he handled that last situation, but if I'm Dan Gilbert, I talk to my GM and I say, just go ahead and let him go. <laughs> you know well, you know what? I would too. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'll tell you how cold I would do it. Right. And I, I hey, y'all know y'all going to say it's me hating because I'm a LeBron <laughs> hater. Right. But if it was me right now, like you said, everybody expects LeBron may have to. You, I mean, if he's really lucky, got three years left to right. compete for a championship, I got him. I own his rights for one more season. Right. He done already came here. Gonna trade that boy? He done already <laughs> came here and saved me. He done yeah. saved my entire organization by winning the championship and bringing me back to the finals two years in a row? Nah, that's the smart I thing to do. I guarantee you right now. You're right. As soon as this series is over and, if we, and, and they lose, you're right. I would be shopping his butt next season all the way through to the trade deadline. I would be shopping him. Yep, I mean, I, like, hey. Yeah, I'm going to need a first rounder, exactly. a third, and a Fifth, exactly. <laughs> I need your first round of this year. A, you right. know, first round of two years after that. I mean, I try to get it, and then I need your best youngest player that you drafted or the year before. Or and, or some right. yeah. Exactly. You you got no, that, to maximize right. that right now. Be- because I tell train. you what, they are going to end up with a terrible noose around their neck if they sign him to another max deal through, you know, twenty two. I mean. um you know, 2021 or whatever the, right. the terms would be. Because, man, LeBron is not going to be able to do this stuff at 38 years old. He's yeah. just not. He's barely able to do it at 33 years old. And you can see it on the court, especially when you realize that, what, Kevin Durant is 28. Yeah. Steph Curry is around the same age. Yeah. If they keep that team together... That team is going to dominate the NBA for the next two or three years, which is going to further tarnish LeBron's legacy. Because, you know, if he ends up three and five this year, and let's say they make it back, you know, the next year, or maybe, you know, I guess it depends on what uh, Boston does, because Boston right. is is right there. Oh, yeah, they um, got the first round of pick. In the I say, assuming best case scenario, LeBron makes it back three more times, two of the times he's if he does it over the next couple of years, he's going to run into Golden State and will lose. And so he will go from three and five to three and seven. And if he happens to make it again on the tail end of the career where the Golden State Warriors have kind of declined and he's on a really good team, the best case scenario would be him going out at what? Four and seven? Four and seven. In the finals? In the finals. And that's not Hall of Fame. I mean, I mean, that's... That's not greatest of all greatest time. Greatest of all time. That's definitely Talk Hall of Fame. But see, and it's the same argument that people try to have about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Buffalo Bills, great team. Yeah. Made it to the Super Bowl four years in a row. Unprecedented. Thurman Thomas. Unbelievable players. Ryan on that Keller. Score. But they lost, people. Right. They lost. I, I, I give you all the credit in the world, Buffalo. Jim it's Kelly, very I mean. hard 
to make it to the Super Ron Bowl Kelly's four black years dude around. Away, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna keep rolling. I was just gonna keep rolling. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you understand? Yes, it's very difficult to make it there four years in a row. But you can't give them credit for that right. when the results you're looking for is a win. Yeah, they lost and, every time. And, and that's the other thing. And then after this, we gotta add life to longer stays. But and that's the thing about it is you can't have it both ways, right? Right. If I don't care what type of crap team you say LeBron is on. If he makes it to the finals, then that team was good enough to best all the other teams in their conference. Right. Okay? You can't say, oh, what well, he was on a terrible team when you done beat everybody in the Eastern Conference. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, when you get to meet the Spurs or whomever you meet in the finals, oh, the team is garbage. Right. Well, no. You know, there had to be some pieces on that team that allowed LeBron to get to the finals. And if LeBron is his great is great enough to get them to the finals, he needs to be great enough to win the finals. Got to be. You know what I mean? Be. It, it's it's a stupid argument. Yeah, uh, and, and like you said, if you put I, – I don't know that Michael Jordan – I don't know that Michael Jordan is great as Scottie Pippen was, right? And everybody will acknowledge that gr- Scottie Pippen was great on defense. You know, he had some great offensive games as well. Mm-hmm. But – when I see Kyrie doing the stuff that Kyrie is doing out there, and I say, man, what if Jordan had been playing with Kyrie? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like Kyrie owned mm-hmm. or even giving you 70% of what Kyrie's giving him now. Man, it would have it wouldn't have been fair. Yeah, it would have been like really Scottie Pippen, I don't I don't know any periods of time where Jordan's out of the game and Pippen's in, where Pippen's just ISO ball. Yeah. I'm putting up 40. You yeah. know what I mean? On a regular basis. Yeah, no, he usually averaged about 20 something. And then the year that Jordan was out or uh, retired, right. He Pippen was not good enough with the same exact team, right, to get them back to the finals. Right. Even though he was having 50 point scoring games right. and things like that, he couldn't carry them back to the finals himself. And so, uh, you know, I just keep trying to tell people, you know, hey, I, I hear y'all. I hear y'all. But there's no way you could compare Jordan's supporting cast to any of these other teams that have won championships. And you tell me that he didn't carry that squad. Yeah, he did. I mean, he absolutely did. I mean, you look at Magic Squad, he had Kareem. Right. He had, you know right. what I'm saying? I'm worthy. Talking about worthy. Yeah. He had, I mean, he had Magic played with at least four other right. Hall of Fame players when right. they won titles. Right, Michael Jordan in the latter years had, I mean, you can't take away from Dennis Rodman, even though it was an older Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. and it, and and obviously Dennis Rodman had never been somebody to put up 15, 18 points a game. Probably watching Dennis Rodman try and shoot a basketball is one of the ugliest things you've seen <laughs> ever in life, you know. But he was yeah. a defensive presence. He did give you rebounds. The only real, true kind of scoring-ish type of people Jordan had on his team to kind of help him. Because people, I think also people forget, Jordan in those latter years effortlessly averaged 35 points a game. Yeah. You know, just 
all right, let me get the ball. I'm going to go ahead and post up and hit you with this turnaround. I'm going to do that about 15, 20 times a game, yeah. get some free throws, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to add 35. Yeah. Um, and that should be enough if I get some other contributions to go ahead and win. That well, was yeah. his formula. But if you look at that roster, and then we really will add life to longer stage because we we at about 43 minutes right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got starting five, Jordan, Pippen. Pippen, not bad. But you saw what happened with Pippen when he went to Portland afterwards. You saw what Pippen did when he was by himself with Chicago for a year or so. All right. You got what? Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr. Basically a three-point man. Three-point. Okay. Corner. You, know, you had Tony Kukoc, who was okay. He wasn't bad. Yeah, wasn't he was bad. a decent international player. But mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. Jordan left, no. what did you hear about? Was Tony Kukoc an all-star games no, and all no, that? Not at all. And you had Luke Longley. Yeah. That was the hey, start. You had Bill Walton too. Bill, I Walton? mean not Bill Walton, but Bill. Well, well, that was in the early Yo, years. No, the earlier years. That was yeah. like ninety, ninety one, ninety two, where he had uh, Bill Winnington. Winnington, that's it. And, and he had Bill uh, Winnington. What, what Cartwright. Yeah, Cartwright. Yeah, that's what I was and thinking. And B.J. Armstrong. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Grant. What was what was this? Horace Grant. Yeah, Horace Grant. Yeah. yeah. Um, hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Yeah. Any of those names you just named, uh, did you see the Hall of Fame induction? I don't recall. Okay, I don't think I so. I definitely don't remember BJ Babyface Armstrong no, going up there and doing it. it. I don't Fame. remember Horace Grant. No, no. I, even though he was he was yeah, decent. He was decent. Yeah. The only one I can think of is Pippen. Pippen. You know, that's it. That's pretty much Steve it. Kerr probably will get into the Hall of Fame because he got all those championships and, and he's, he's going to have plenty more yeah. now yeah. with Golden State. Yeah, but aside from and, him and, and, and Dennis Rodman, Rodman, that's it. That's it. You know, um, we definitely know that from this trajectory, Kyrie Irving is going in there. So that would mean that LeBron right now is playing with one probably future Hall of Famer, which would be about the same for the most part that Jordan <laughs> played exactly. with. And so, yeah, exactly. you, 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 it's, it is fair to put those finals matches up to, you know, each other because they are playing with yeah. about the same. And actually, I would argue, as you would, A.D., Jordan probably had a bit of a worse team, he you did. know, when you put everything he together. He had a worse team, had a worse supporting cast. He, he did not have... Anybody else on his team other than Pippen that was a perennial All Star? Right. Na- name anybody else on his roster that went to multiple All Star games? Right. Uh, well, Pippen. That's what I said. Right. Other than Pippen. Right. Who else went to multiple All Star games? Yeah. But I, it didn't happen. Yeah. He he definitely didn't have like a Kevin Love type player. Right. You Kevin know? Love, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. These guys were multiple right time All Star players. Yeah. You know. I mean, and, and it's the same argument with Kobe. Kobe played with the greatest center, one, arguably one of, of the greatest time. centers of all time. Right. He was a multiple, multiple, But that's multiple. the thing about it is, like, even Kobe will tell you. I mean, I remember there was a, an interview, and this is when I kind of gained a little bit more respect for Kobe because everybody knows he emulates Jordan to the T um, on yeah, everything. 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 Right. He talks, walks, everything. And, and people were like, oh, man, so, Kobe, this is your last couple of years. What do you make of people – you know, comparing you to Jordan, you're like, oh my gosh! I mean, come on, man, just let it go. Jordan is the greatest of all time, <laughs> man. I mean, everybody says it, but all of a sudden, all these LeBron people, oh, LeBron's the greatest, and and even Pippen, even though I think Pippen really just be salty, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, for, for being like the number two guy, yeah, and yeah, 
everybody everybody always probably goes up to Pippen and is like, man, so what was it like to play with Jordan? He's yeah, like, he's probably man, I was a contributor too. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of hearing right. that. Don't and, ask me about and, Jordan and, no and, more. And so he went up there and said, <laughs> oh yeah, LeBron's probably the best. And everybody laughed at him when he said it because it's yeah. ridiculous. But you know, it is what it is. We'll we'll see what happens on this next game. We run real, real, real late here, so we're gonna go ahead and pause here and add life to longest things. You're listening to the No Idea Podcast, endorsing Town Place Suites, adding life to longer stays. We enjoy travelers who spend a lot of time on the road. Town Place Suites makes extended stay guests' lives easier with spacious suites, full kitchens, unique home office suites, free breakfast, complimentary Wi-Fi, laundry facilities, 24-hour complimentary coffee service, and a town map to help them connect to the local neighborhood. Rates starting at $99 allow us to assist you with your travel needs at 972-780-9300. That's 972-780-9300. Oh, and make sure you hit up that lemon water. All right, back to you, Russell. Okay. All right. So yeah, yeah. Um, we've added life to longer stays. Oh, Do go ahead and hit up that lemon water. Get as, the lemon uh, water. I was just thinking about it, man. My mouth got a little water. I just had some second ago. Oh, you know what man. I do? I go ahead and I buy the lemons, right? Yeah. I cut the lemons up, yeah. right? And then I take the little uh thing that you use the, the juicer, and mm-hmm. I pour the juice. In the little thing So I had like The lemon concentrate And just okay, pour okay, in okay. Pour on a hot summer day In Dallas, Texas oh, yeah. it, it don't get too much Better than it that It really man. don't That is That's and, how you uh, do that Right there you, But you know What I wanted to To get into And talk about Is This gosh dang Black Panther man That's gonna be Like the movie Of the year I think It may be Well do it come out This year Or do it come out Early in 2018 does it come out early? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, they they showing the the previews right now. I'm thinking it's coming out like in the in the fall. I would hope so because that is gonna that's. So I when I first saw, up. when I first heard of Black Panther, I was kind of taken aback by it. I was uh, I was like, oh man, here we go again. They got a, <laughs> they got a what. What? I'm just laughing at what you're about well, to well, say. Well, I'm saying, oh, they, here come a, a Negro movie for Marvel to throw out That's at me. That's what I thought you was And, about and to then say. even when, when you look <laughs> at, uh, you know, Lee or whatever, when he talks about his first um, introduction of him back in the 70s or whatever, I was like, oh, this seemed kind of almost black exploitation ish. Let me go ahead with all this, you know, desegregation and stuff and see if I can get some of these black dollars, mm-hmm. get some of the Negro mm-hmm. dollar. And so when I, I saw that and I saw him in Civil War, I wasn't really impressed. He didn't seem like he was going to be all that great. You know, he he got to be from Africa. He got to dress in all black. He got to be an animal. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, oh, I can see man. see where you're going with that. I was like, oh, this this kind of garbage. And I wasn't real thrilled with, you know, the way he was portrayed in, in Civil War. It just seemed like he he was just a black, um, for the most part, uh, Captain America, you yeah, know? Yeah, but that was his origin story. And, you know, they had to just kind of introduce him in a way and see yeah. how he took the mantle of being the leader of his country and why he took up the Black Panther yeah. role. Um, and how he became like a, 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 a superhero all of a sudden. 
Um, but I, I knew a little deeper because I had been following the Marvel series for a while. Right. And, uh, you know, why he took up the suit, you know, uh, they put in there because of his father's death and things of that nature. Well, the, the king of that country has to assume that, you know, I thought, right? That's yeah, what, that's because he That's what Charlie it. from Emergency Awesome. Shout out to it you is. once again, Charlie. Because he protects the country. I mean, so he takes that Well, role. Well, what I was, was getting to was that... I was a fool <laughs> because <laughs> I saw that gosh dang Black Panther trailer, man. And I don't know. I had yeah. so many different kind of one. I was like, wow, this is going to be a dope movie. Oh, yeah. Because of the guy who's directing it, Ryan Coogler or Coogley or whatever his name is. And then you got a uh, dude from uh, Fruitvale Station going to be in there. Mm -hmm. Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o. Girl from... Uh, Michael B. Jordan. What girl Chadwick from... Chadwick What What's her name? Girl from uh, Walking Dead with the sword. She going to be in there. Uh, oh, what is her name? Deny. I don't know her name, but she going to be in there. Angela Bassett is in it. The, the way that they did the trailer, though... To where they really brought in black hip hop culture uh, in the the soundtrack and um, how they were like, oh, you know what? This is really they they intimated that this is really the most technologically advanced country in the world, and they are just so brilliant and they so are. smart that they they're are. like, you know what? We don't even want to expose ourselves to the rest of these idiots because. There's no way we could really kind of interact with them. And so they stay kind of hidden exactly. and secret and just kind of prosper on their own without. Man, it was just like, wow, man. Yeah, it, it's it, it really is. He's one is the most influential country in the world. Right. Uh, and they create that they're, they're wealthy because they create that metal. Right. Um, and I want to make sure I'm using the right name for it because it's two different kinds in D.C. versus Marvel. But the I want to say it's. Yeah, vibranium. Yeah. Uh, so they create vibranium, uh, which is what Captain America's shield is made out of. Right. So so Captain America's shield is made out of that. Black Panther's entire suit is made, made out, out of that. that. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And so are his claws. Right. And it's like, man, this... And and, and and so in the trailer, when he's getting shot with those machine guns and he just kind of take them out and you can see the little ships, you know, they were talking about how in... Um, like, I really encourage everybody, if you are a huge Marvel or DC or comic book anything fan, you have to, have to go out and subscribe on YouTube to this dude named Charlie on Emergency Awesome. He's got a bunch of subscribers and all that stuff anyway already. And yeah, there are a lot of people out there who do like reaction videos and who do explanations for all these things. But from what I've seen, he is the best. He does them more frequently. I think he's got some kind of inside connection because he's gotten yeah. like Kevin Feige who does all the Marvel stuff on his oh, channel, wow. kind of explaining stuff and breaking wow. stuff down. And he was like going in kind of the backstory of it. It's like, they're the most technologically advanced country in the world. You know, they try to stay hidden from everybody to kind of keep people from coming in and, and them having to deal with people, you know what I'm right, saying? Like right, right, violently right. or whatnot. And um, the technology is so advanced. Like if Tony Stark, you know, found out about that technology, he'd be like, oh, man, I need to I need to step my game up. Right. And, and they talked about how in Civil War um, that um, if you remember what happened in the latter part of Civil War, when they all kind of flew to that abandoned base or whatnot. And Tony Stark found out that 
it was um, Winter Soldier who killed his parents, killed his mom or whatnot. Mm-hmm. He was being followed that whole time by Black Panther and Black Panther's, uh, you know, plane or whatnot. Right. But the technology on that plane was so dope that Tony did not even realize that he was being tracked. Like right. he couldn't get anything on him on sonar to be like, oh, I'm being followed. Right. You know? And I was just like, wow. I guess I never really thought about that in the right. movie, but that's true. Didn't. Because they were focused so much on the main characters. But, right. You know, and the Civil War was designed that way. Right. Uh, just to kind of give you a taste, just a little taste, you know, to see Black Panther in his full costume on screen for the first time. Right. You know, uh, those type of things. You know, to see the new Spider-Man on screen for the first time. Right. When you see the new Spider-Man movie, too, you're going to find out a whole lot of things about Peter Parker that we didn't know. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, um, yeah, this Black Panther movie, man, is going to be something. It is going to come out, and it's, the release date is February 18th. Okay. Of 2018. That's what I thought. Or February 16th, somewhere in there, 2018. So, definitely... Uh, the, I mean, I'm gonna be in line for it when it comes out. L- looking at the the Marvel Universe movie date from now through the next year, I wasn't really excited about anything. I've never really been a Thor fan, yeah. And I I like Hulk, but I like the kind of internal personal conflict that the Hulk has between the Hulk and Bruce Banner. I like mm-hmm. kind of that dynamic, and you know, Marvel doesn't really get into that a bunch. Um, and so Thor Ragnarok, which I think comes out in November. Yeah. I just was like, ah, okay. Well, you well, know. Well, I'm interested in seeing that because it's a bridge movie between uh, the next. Yeah. It's a bridge movie between the next uh, uh, Avengers movie that's going to come out. You know, we get to find out where. That comes Hulk. out in 2018 too, right? The, yeah. We get to find out where where the Hulk is right now. Right. Um, we, since we lost him in the last movie, we get a chance to see uh, what Thor is doing now that he's took, you know, uh, went back home. And, uh, you know, if we remember correctly, what happened to Thor's father? Right. You know, because Loki, Loki is impersonating, is him, impersonating right now. him right, right. now and is running things up there. So, you know, we want to find out what happened there. So I'm really interested to see all of that uh, stuff would kind of bridge us back into the gap, uh, heading back towards the last and, Avenger and, and, movie. And that's the tough thing is because, you know, that's that's the genius of this whole Marvel scheme when they came out with it is. You know, you you come up with all these different movies and we know it's all leading to Infinity War and going up against Thanos or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But you you introduce all these different characters and all these different movies and people latch on to who they want to latch on to. I'm more of a kind of an Iron Man, uh, now Black Panther, I guess, guy or whatnot. But you if you miss these other movies. You, even though they're not necessarily characters that you care much about, <laughs> you feel kind of like, oh, man. So, for example, like Guardians of the Galaxy. I like Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. They were okay movies. They weren't bad. But were, was I like, man, I really need to go see this because I really love these this movie and these characters? It was partially that, but more so it was like reading a good book. Well, I can't read this book and skip chapter 10 through 15, right. you know what I mean? I got to reach out. And so, it, you know, I don't know how I'm going to see uh, Thor Ragnarok. I might go see it in theaters. But the point I was getting at is, before this trailer came out, I was kind of 
lukewarm on what the movies were. You know, I, I'm not really a huge Spider-Man fan either. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to see that movie or not. The fact that Iron Man's in it, I might check it out. Then you have Thor Ragnarok. You know, the trailer for that actually looked pretty good, but it's still Thor, and I've never been a Thor fan, so I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't know. And then you have Black Panther coming out in February. So I was like, oh, man, you know. Yeah. I can't wait till Infinity War comes out uh-huh. in 18. But once I saw that trailer for gosh dang Black Panther, man. Right. I was like, well, yeah, I got to go see that yeah. a couple of days after Valentine's well, you Day. Know, I mean, the thing about it, Jim, you got uh, additional solo movies. Uh, you know, Doctor Strange, uh, you know, his movie came out. Uh, and he's got another movie that's going to be coming out. I mean, they've got a lot leading up to Infinity Wars 1 and 2. That are gonna come out with these characters to kind of get you ready, right? For for what they're gonna have to do to team up to beat Thanos, because I hear Thanos is gonna be a pretty bad mofo with those Infinity Stones. Well, um, well, well, well let me, let's pause right here and get into that, because Charlie from Emergency, awesome. Like I said, I don't know why I'm I'm bigging him up that way outside of the fact that I love those videos. He does videos on Game of Thrones. He does game, you know, Marvel, DC, yeah. TV shows, all that stuff. But let's go ahead and shout out to our people at GameFly real quick, and we'll get back in there and wrap up with the rest of uh, uh, what Thanos. GameFly. Today's episode is brought to you by GameFly. If you are a gamer as I am, then GameFly is your spot. Gamefly has thousands of new releases and classics available for rent for your favorite systems including PS4 and Xbox One. Once you sign up with Gamefly, you can rent as many console and handheld games as you'd like and get them delivered to your home for one low monthly fee. The best thing is if you love a game, you get to keep it and just pay a low used price for it. No due dates or late fees. I mean, we are in 2017, right? In addition to games, you can also rent Blu-ray and DVD movies as part of the service for no extra charge. To give you the opportunity to check out their service, Gamefly is offering a free premium 30-day one-game-out trial for No Idea podcast listeners. To take advantage of this, go to www.gameflyoffer.com forward slash noideacast. Again, that's www.gameflyoffer.com forward slash no idea cast they provide pre-addressed envelopes for easy returns and offer tons of games and really why buy two games for retail when you can pay about the same price and play however many games you like through gamefly it's a no-brainer guys go to www.gameflyoffer.com forward slash no idea cast for your free trial okay all right so uh what, what we were talking about with with thanos or whatnot from what i hear and I, I don't know if this is accurate or not. I'm getting all my detailed information from Charlie. Gotcha. But from, from what he says is that, you know, initially I thought that the way the Marvel Universe was going to work is that they were going to, you know, do all these different character movies, you know, Captain Marvel, whatever. And I saw that there was going to be an Infinity War Part 1 and an Infinity War Part 2. And I thought the conclusion of all of this was going to be Infinity War Part 2. And then, boom, that's it. Marvel makes all their money on that. And then they just shift more of their resources and the times to the ever-expanding Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. All owned by Disney, who is just ridiculously wealthy <laughs> right now with all right. this money. Right. Um, but from what Charlie and Emergency Awesome says is that... Um, 
it's not going to end there. No. Like, they're just going to continue to expand. And so what they say is that after the second Infinity War, the universe, I mean, the, the events of Infinity War 1 and Infinity War 2 are going to be so um, climactic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a bunch of people ain't going to make it. Right. And the universe itself may disband in a certain fashion that makes Marvel able to go ahead and rebirth in a certain way, different people, and start off with new characters. Exactly. And, start. and I was like, wow. Yes, it's because anybody that kind of watches and keeps up with Marvel, and I'm going to have to watch this guy because I haven't seen him yet. Yeah. But I get most of my information from ScreenRant.com. Yeah, they're good too. Um, but um, anybody that watches the Marvel Universe realizes right. that they're – they can. They have an endless, endless, endless amount of characters right. and universes that they can feed off of to rebirth. You you can see multiple versions of just Captain America. Yeah, you know multiple versions of Spider Man. You know, I mean, they've got so many different universes that they can tap into. And like you said, with the with Infinity War 1 and 2 being so connected, I mean, they were already started to bring in the magic side right. of Marvel with Doctor Strange and then the space side with Guardians, Guardians of, the of the Galaxy. So those events can really, people can die and then they can still, because it can separate, you know, the, the time. Right timelines or whatever that can be you know altered or split or destroyed that they you can actually flip into a alternate universe, universe you're that right brings back a different iron man in a, a different, different scenario you're right and and, and the beauty scenarios. of that to me from the marvel people's perspective is one obviously they're going to be generating revenue from these kind of movies and films for a long period of time Doing this will allow them to incorporate the long bench of characters. I mean, you got Galactus, you got oh, yeah. Silver Surfer, you got Absolutely. all these different people that you could bring in over the course. And then if they ever get the rights back to X-Men, they might be able to even do the X-Men right. Absolutely. But, but the real key thing is to me and the real brilliance of the whole plan to me, if they indeed do move forward this way, is that you can have... Uh, right now, the big star, obviously, in the Marvel com- Marvel universe is who? The big, the biggest star is yeah. Iron Man. Exactly. Who was played by? Um, oh man, what is that guy's name? Uh, Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey right. Jr. There you go. And so, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. is getting older. He's been doing these movies since what the early two thousand and yeah. Eights, Whenever nines, the first or whatnot, came eight, out. 2008, 2009. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, he's not going to want to play this anymore. Right. And so you can still, if the universe kind of d- disbands and moves into an alternate, you can go out as Marvel, find another A-list actor who wants to get in on some of this Disney Marvel money, and be like, hey, we need you to sign a contract for 10 years to play the new Tony Stark in this revamped universe. And keep it going keep indefinitely. It going. Absolutely. And it will still feel fresh to the, you know, viewer of right. those movies. And I was like, wow, if That's, that exactly. that will be like the people who came up with this concept and came up with this plan, if that's how they pull it off at Marvel. They need some sort of special recognition for the genius yeah. of that. Because yeah. you basically have really 
taken the essence of a comic book mm-hmm. because that's all they do on comic books over and over again, right? Right. You know, that's like it. Batman been Batman for. 70 years right, you know right, Still right. chasing the Joker Superman Been Superman For that time And they just Keep on they, they, yep. they You know Superman Has been regular Superman And he's been You know Lightning Electronic Superman And he's become Back regular Superman And the comic books Always find a way To go back and forth Between these oh, yeah. realities To reinvent New And reinfresh Powers get taken exactly. away yeah, Exactly Yeah Exactly Wolverine Had claws Then they turned the bone And then he got them back right. You know and so to be able to do this in a motion picture arena to where everything is just kind of amplified with the story and with the actors and with the soundtracks and with the stories and all, it's just genius. It is genius. And, you know, the technology finally caught up right, for them to be able to do it in these movies, man, because... When you read a comic book, your imagination runs wild. Right. The pictures and artist drawings in the comic book, to me, is some of the best works oh, yeah. I've ever seen. I mean, they, don't you wonder, like, man, how are they able to do this so, like, how long does this take? I'd be interested in knowing how long it takes for the artist to illustrate. Because, exactly. you know, somebody comes up with a story, and like, all right, I need somebody to draw this crap. Right. And then, you know, for the detail and stuff that Ex- you see exactly. in these. Exactly. Extreme right. detail. It's just like one, uh, looking at a movie board. Right. I mean, you You're see right. The it is character. a storyboard. It's a storyboard. Mm-hmm. You, you see the character. You see the context of yeah. what they're discussing. You see the background, the layout of where they at, are at in the park, what the trees look like, if they're blowing, if there's wind. I mean, right. They they capture everything. Yeah. So you, you're reading it, and as you're looking... Just at that brief moment, looking at the picture, reading what the characters mm-hmm. are saying, you can visualize the entire scene yeah. as if it's real life uh, through your own imagination from a child all the way up to now, if you're still into it. And what they have been able to do is recreate that in 3D version. Yeah, you're right. On a movie screen or you feel like I, maybe it's just me. But when I'm watching Marvel movies, I feel like I'm right there right. with them at the table having this conversation. You might as well give me a superhero name, and I'm just one of the lesser superheroes sitting there with them having the discussion. Well, that's the thing about it that I find so cool. You know what I mean? Uh, I personally, I enjoy 3D movies, but I'm just not. So when I go to the movies, I got to go to the reclining seat and all that stuff. So yeah. it's all, you know, when you go to the regular AMC Cinemark or whatever, it's, and you sit in a regular theater, um, you know, 3D movies are already going to be, what, 20 bucks or yeah. whatnot. So you go to these other theaters with the lean bag. It's ridiculous. So I don't do it. I try not to. Yeah. But you're right. When you go see those movies, it is more immersive and I don't know if you saw kind of the announcement that came out from Apple a week or so ago, or if you've read up on kind of where technology is going, but it's all about uh, what they call what AR mm-hmm. or artificial reality, or mm-hmm. it's something like that to where it's 3d, but it's just more immersive. And right now it's on the phones and stuff like that, but it's really going to be kind of like a, a virtual reality type thing. And so if right. you look, I don't know, maybe not five, 10 years in the future, but if you look you know, 20, 30 years in the future of how the movie going experience is going to look, and if they keep moving forward with these type of movies, the experience that you'll have watching your favorite superhero 
going through whatever they are going through is going to be so much more immersive and so much more entertaining that these movies are going to become even more of a draw to people because you'll actually feel like, man, I was in there with Superman. (laughs) And, you know, and and so it's just brilliant to think of the the strategy that they've come up with and it's going to continue to win. And a shout out to all the talented people we're talking about. I mean, the industry, not just the writers and directors, I mean, but the art, the artists, the, the tech, the people that develop the technology, the, I mean, everything that they do is unbelievable to me. To me, and I'm one of those huge Star Wars fans. Yeah, and somebody had mentioned to me one time that there was a contest that they were running for the new Star Wars movie that was coming out, Star Wars Seven. Right, uh, where you would get an opportunity to, if you win, be either on the set it was like three options like one option was you get to go to the red carpet and be there live when the move first ever showing of the movie came out then it was something else that you could get and the third one was like be there on the set when the uh while while they're filming oh you know so you get to get get behind the scenes and go be there while they're filming the scenes and be able to see the set and you know and everything as it was created and everybody was like, man, I would just love to be at the premiere because they want to be. No, 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 no. Yeah. I want to be behind the scenes. Yeah. Let me be by the director's chair yeah. and be able to walk on the set and touch the right. sets and go behind and see when they put the storyboards it's, it's together. It's amazing. You're right. That is what I would love it's, to go do. You know, I don't want to get cheesy and corny here with it, but I mean, that's really the essence of, in many ways, what makes things worthwhile you know what i'm saying like entertainment is entertainment but entertainment really if you think about it if you really think about it it's a huge part of everybody's life yeah you know and and i don't mean just movies or anything like that i mean all kind of entertainment I, i mean whether you're reading an article that you find interesting whether you're watching a tv show whether you're going to a festival whether you're in a certain way shape or form all we're talking about is content and content creation mm-hmm. and and so to to think about the fact that man someday way back in the 60s or whatever uh george lucas was just some random dude going to a school and said you know what what if there was this universe and and this is the catch that I think people always don't think about that freaks me out because it's just so smart. What if there was this universe really far away a long time ago right that was like so advanced and had all these different things. You know what I mean like when when you see that movie as a viewer of Star Wars or whatever, you're looking at Star Wars and you're looking at it from your perspective in 2017. And obviously we know it's all fake, mm-hmm. but just the whole idea of the whole kind of thing that you're watching and the drama and the wars and the fights and the planets and whatever from George Lucas's perspective and his intent of you watching it as a viewer, these events all happened a long time ago. Right. You know what I mean? In a galaxy far, far exactly. Away. You know, so. it's it's 
crazy to think about because it's like a brain tweezer. The the technology and everything is so advanced. You would you would naturally want to think, well, this is really futuristic, right? But he's basically he's saying this happened in the past, not just the past, a long time ago in the past. You know right. what I mean? And so then that to to a, to a person who's really a creative or whatnot, that makes you think, wow, that's a really crazy different way to think about things. The whole fact of the universe being what the universe is and time being what time is that people and civil civilizations could grow up and really become really 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 advanced and one of two things i'm going to you know posit here is one they become really really advanced and then boom it gets wiped out just as a some part of the universe or the universe is so fast that something happens and this story he's telling happened so f- long ago happened uh and it happened a long time ago and they still exist but you know we don't interact with them because they're just so far away right. you know what i mean it, it right. is it's it's just man you know that's great content creation it really is uh i mean then then that's what makes him a genius right you know that he could even think of that um and be, and pe- if you really think about it, like you said, about how unique that concept was for him to be thinking about so long ago. Right. But there isn't quite, there hasn't been anything else that's really been done like that. No. There, there's every, there's no other movie concept. Right. That was created. That has that kind of effect. That on has people. that kind of no. effect, and how the, the the and I tell people all the time, the genius for him to be able to have the foresight to know, right, that in my story, it's a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but also, the technology that I need to show how advanced these people are, right, hasn't been dis- even been invented yet, right. So the first three movies I'm gonna make, yeah, is the galaxy after it got old, right? So that it looks aged, yeah, and it looks like the technology yeah. and things have kind of gotten older and and worn out, as if the universe to, that I'm showing them now is dying, right? And then to flip it once the technology caught up, right? And then say, well, now I'm gonna make the prequels <laughs> and show you what the world looked like before it got old, yeah. And this is how shiny and bright and brilliant and fast everything moved and what this planet, this yeah. universe looked like. I mean, yeah, absolutely blows my yeah. mind. Like, genius doesn't even do him enough credit. You know what I'm saying? And, and, in light of the Bill Maher things, too, keep in mind that George Lucas is married to a black woman. Yeah. Wild, right? Yeah. But no, no you're right. It's He, he really kind of laid everything out in such a, a way to make it um what it is today and it's just like i said it's it's almost kind of when i think of like content creation as, as well and obviously that's what we do with the podcast as well we just another piece of content out there that we mm-hmm. hope people you know enjoy and, hope you and share and all that stuff but it's, it's kind of like i don't know like i said it's the, the only word i can think about when i when i consider what he did is magical to to just with the thought with a pen with a sheet come up with this idea right that people are so emotionally attached to 
Right. You know, like when when they when Disney came out and said episode seven was gonna come out, and when people see trailers for episode eight, man, it's people right. out here crying. There's right. <laughs> people out here right. sitting out on the street, right. you know, uh in in tents and stuff for for weeks and months at a time standing in line so they could be the first. Like all from just the, we and we all know it's make believe. Ain't nobody yeah. in here moving stuff telekinesis style. Right. But just the emotional attachment that that you can get people to have oh, yeah. with great content, it's it's really fascinating it's to me to think crazy, about. Man, it's like uh, right now, uh, I feel like I know the Skywalker family. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like I grew up with them. Like I, yeah, I used to play in the playground with Luke all the right. time, man. You know what I'm saying? I knew him before he went and did that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how you feel. Yeah. Watching these movies and reading the stories. I mean, I, I mean, I've watched Star Wars since I was a kid, and I tell people all the time, man. I mean. When we had to try to catch it on TV and record it on VHS oh, yeah. tape, you know that and then you got to try to skip over the commercials, skip through and, the commercials and yeah. everything, pause through. I mean, so I've been watching Star Wars for a long time, and so it was been attached to me for a long time. And I remember when I was working at the library for a while, the the enlightened feeling or the look of awe on my face if somebody had been in that corner of the science fiction section of the library, right? When I realized. The universe, the expanded Expanded, universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't keep me from book, you know, shelving books over there. You know, I was like, yeah, I'll go do that because I was over there reading all kinds of stuff. You know, so I mean, that 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 is another franchise that if they can wrap their hands around it and keep it going. Oh no, there is so many. Different aspects to the Star at, Wars universe. At this point, it's a it's a situation of it's 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 done now. Like I think we used to be, you know, you you were born in the late seventies. I I believe I was born in the uh, early eighties, and so things were different back then. You know, I think we were at that time in an age and an era, and I think the era and the age before that was more of Okay, we're a movie studio. Pitch us an idea. Okay, that's a good idea. Get us a script. All right, you got us a script. We need a production crew. We need a casting. All right, boom, let's put it out there. Let's see if it works. Oh, we made money. Great, boom. Let's repeat the process. Give me a script. Mm -hmm. Now we're at the process, and now we're at the time where, one, if a movie works, you're going to see countless numbers of sequels to that and then countless numbers of spinoffs of that mm-hmm. until something does not work. Right. But I think specifically for the Marvel Universe and specifically for, you know, the um, uh, the Star Wars Universe, ain't, it ain't stopping. Yeah. We're going to see episodes and spinoffs and different things done with Star Wars and with Marvel either until it violently comes to an end because people just don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. Uh, or uh, unless something happens to where Disney is broken up. I think that Disney, once they acquired the rights, because they pay, they paid George Lucas and Lucas Co. whatever, a ungodly amount of money yeah, for the did. rights for Star Absolutely. Wars. Several billions of dollars, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, they... Bought Marvel for I don't know how much money You know I don't know when the last time is You've been out to Disney World But they have 
you know, Marvel rides coming. Mm-hmm. They got Star Wars experiences coming. Absolutely. And, I, and, and and you know Disney is a publicly traded company. And so the the CEO of of Disney has a legal obligation to to try and squeeze as much profit out of the United States and the world as possible or he could literally be under litigation because shareholders could be like, you know what? You could have done this to maximize my dollar that I've invested in your company and you're not doing it. And so I think that the people at Disney have, have looked at what George Lucas did and they're like, Oh, you know what, George, you were a visionary. You were a, a really guy who had an idea and executed that concept, but you fell short. And what you fell short on is that you said, well, I'm going to do episode four, five, six. And then you waited 20 years to go back and do episode one, two, three. And silly George, you thought that was it. (laughs) 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 Nah, George, we're going to run this thing through infinity. And and same with Marvel. Uh, And I still give Michael Jackson a credit for this because I don't know if you've heard it, but there was this creepy video out on YouTube years ago before Michael Jackson died where he's calling like his business partner or something like that. Mm. And he's like, yeah, Jim. uh, So I had this thought, you know what we need to do. And this was obviously after he'd bought the rights to the Beatles and all that stuff. He was like, yeah, you know, the thing that I'm noticing is people love these comic book characters. And so we should buy we should buy Marvel and then we can do an Iron Man movie and we can do Spider-Man and show him doing. He said that like yeah. he legit there. Are, there are recordings out on YouTube. If you go and find it where Michael Jackson is talking about this plan to buy Marvel and basically in in you know. No other real way to say it. Do exactly what Marvel is doing right now. Right. Um, and so I've I've always kind of wondered about that too. Is like the Marvel, the Disney people say, "Oh no, nah, this nigga ain't going." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ain't gonna let Mike. Do um, this. but we but gotta, I, we gotta preempt this. Right but now. either way, when they bought Marvel, I I think that was the plan from the beginning. Is we are going to milk this cow until we cannot milk this cow anymore. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I believe that's that's the case. I I I just um. I just it's so many I just don't know that there's um a lot of people that really know how much more there is to the oh, Star yeah. Wars universe. And so what what's really been amazing though is how yeah, I think George I think George was his his heart was in telling the story about the Skywalker. Exactly, family. not about making money. Yeah, he he just wanted to tell that story about that Skywalker family and once he brought it to you know fulfillment uh then he thought he was done right because he just the rest of it was ancillary stuff well sure and, and by the time he probably had finished Empire Strikes Back you know because George Lucas had worked with uh worked on a couple other movies before you know so mm-hmm. I don't know if he was like a multi-millionaire at that time or whatnot but he definitely didn't have the money that he has now. Right. You know, and so probably after Empire Strikes Back, he probably was looking at winding down like, man, you know, I came up with this thing. You know, he he's not an artist in the traditional sense, but I, I do think he's an artist in terms of, you know, coming up with something from nothing, putting it out there, and you want it to be well-received, you right. know? And it was very well-received. Yes. And he had a couple of dollars now to show for it. So going into the last... 
you know, Return of the Jedi, I think he probably was like, man, you know what? This feels good. I've got a couple hundred million dollars because, yeah, I pushed all this out through, you know, my own company. And right. so I retain all these dollars got, and all the intellectual rights. property. Right. Yeah. And people love it. I'm good. I don't really don't what what's the difference between four hundred million and fifty billion? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I can <laughs> do whatever I want to. Right. So there really was probably not outside of his artistic integrity, like right. you said, a reason for, to want to go back and do one through three or to do all these kind of gap stories or to do stuff before or you know later than mm-hmm. uh, Return of the Jedi. But um, Disney, on the other hand, is like. You know, we paid two billion for this. Yeah. So if we paid two billion for this, we got to make at least a hundred billion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. to make it make financial sense. Right. And they're very well on their way yeah. to, to doing that. And if they can extend it past then yeah, like I said, I think we're gonna be seeing when you and I turn seventy, I think during those years there will be brand new Marvel movies and brand new Star Wars movies coming out with yeah. different stories because the story will progress. It will. It'll continue to do that, and um, that's kind of where I was going. Is just that they they have they expanded the universe so much, but the genius in what Disney has done is how they have remarketed it in order to reach people that have no attachment to it, like we did when we first saw it. The young generation, you know, the, the you know my my kids. You know uh, that I'm around all the time. You start talking to them about Star Wars, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah." I mean, it, it looks it's all right, you know. But what I've recently found is that once you sit them down and say, you know, if if they see you're excited about it, then they tend to want to be. They want to know what's all excite. What's all the excitement? So then they come and they sit down with me. And then now they they'll watch it with me. Yeah, you know, and the the little one, the 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 ten, he just turned eleven, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, wait a minute!" And he's like, "There's there's like gun shooting and yeah, lightsaber fights right. and stuff in this. Like this is this is pretty cool, right?" And so now I find him saying, "Hey, we got to see that we, next one. Can yeah. we watch these right. again?" You yeah, know, I want to watch these, and then then you know the the girls, you know she's a teenager, mm-hmm. so you know she got other teenage busy life stuff that she's but, dealing with. But it'll with. catch her. But even her, she's like, yeah, you know when you're when you're home, when one day you know we can sit down and watch it, right? You know, it's because she's been hearing her little brother talk yeah. about it, you know. So uh, the way they rebranded and marketed it by you know uh, coming out with a new digital digital HD version right. first so everybody can rewatch the first original six yeah you know and then you know now then come out and launched you know seven and right. then the backstory for Rogue One yeah and now which was they, a great movie yes Rogue great. One was awesome 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 and then now eight where you know the teaser you know stuff when you see Luke up there for the last right Jedi time, yeah you know as the last Jedi and you know, and you start to piece together what's really happening. Um, it's it, exciting the way that they brought it all back, and you it's, know, it's, it's nasty, it's, man. It's, yeah, na- it's gonna be good. like it's, and that's that's what I'm saying. You know, and you know, it's it, we've run a long time here, so we, you know, we'll let you guys go. Thank you guys for, for listening, <laughs> in. but it's uh that that's why I keep just going to the the magical portion of it. You know, P 
people creating content is such a well let me let me take take a step back people creating great content yeah. is is one of those things that you don't really think about a bunch but man it's really a great privilege for those people to be able to do that you know what i yeah. mean it it's you know especially in the the time and and the age that we were, live in or whatnot you know so many people are just kind of sleepwalking through things you know oh let me go to work 40 hours a week deal with this garbage and then let me go home and sometimes if you got issues there dealing with this and so that to have something like that to look forward to and be like man you know what i can't wait till this comes out i know it's fake or whatever it is but yep. that's going to be entertainment that's going to be entertaining it's it, the, the only where I keep coming back is there's something magical to being able to have that type of impact on somebody. And, and you know, I, I always kind of get more reminded about it when I go to Disney, because obviously Walt Disney was somebody who was like that, too. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, there's not been a time that I've been to Disney World where I haven't just really felt like I was on some other planet. In, in some other zone Everybody at Disney World Is really happy For the most part <laughs> yeah. You know People ain't mad You know When you step on their shoes And when they step on your shoe You're like Ah oh, it's okay man Let me go see Mickey Mouse My boy You know <laughs> yeah. it, It's yeah. Yeah. That's just another form Of content creation and, 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 and With where we are also And where we're moving to You know With I think More um, More jobs and, and more different things Of that nature Kind of going by the wayside Due to artificial intelligence And automation I think that There there's room for everybody. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If I don't like how many times have you saw some great piece of content, whether it be a Marvel movie or an article or a basketball game or just whatever, you know, it's all just stuff to kind of entertain you and keep you occupied to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And then been like, all right, man, that's, I'm done. I don't need to see anything else entertaining for two weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen. Right. You know what I mean? If 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 you run into any type of content that is entertaining and engaging, it doesn't matter how many different other types of things that are out there, you can still say, man, I I like Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars fan. And also be happy to see the new DC movie that came out. And right. then, oh, by the way, a brand new movie that you saw that came out that has nothing to do with Disney coming out or the DC universe coming out and be like, oh, that's going to be good, too, as long right. as it's good. And so that's just, um, I, I, I know, I, I guess just with the influx of all this different content out there, I think a lot of people get hung up on the volume of things that are out there when I don't think that matters. I think people are going to flock and people are going to really be drawn to things that they enjoy. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, there's billions of people on this planet. Right. And so I don't believe that you can oversaturate the planet with entertainment. No, because someone somewhere is always looking for something to do. Right. Um, and they, they, you need those getaway type moments, you know, to be able to, step away from reality for just a moment. My pastor was preaching today that he wanted the entire congregation to make sure that they went and took vacations uh, this summer. But he was like, remember, make sure you tithe before you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was also just saying everybody needs that escape yeah. to get away from the routine every now and then. And sometimes 
You can't at the moment actually take a physical escape and you need that moment to let your mind relax. You need entertainment to let yourself get away from the monotony of the everyday living and just dream a little bit. Yeah, you're right. And and that's that's really why I look at an entertainment. I, when you're watching a basketball or a football game for a split for whatever that two hours is, you not only enjoy what the athletes are doing, but you dream a little bit of what it would be like yeah, to be out there. You're right. When you watch a movie, you dream about what it would be like to have Wonder Woman's powers. You're right. You know, you you just have that escape for just one moment, for however brief that moment may be in that two-hour movie or whatever it is, that moment that you get to take where you immerse yourself away from right. I'm actually AD and I, this is what I do every day. Right. You get that and, and it refreshes you. Yeah. You come out of there and you like, man, I can go back and do what I got to do again. And that that's really what I think we needed. And uh, I, I appreciate everybody that gives us that opportunity. Well, well I'll take that a step further. I, I say that not only does it do all the different things that you just mentioned, but I would argue that it also, in many cases, is aspirational. You know what I mean? Like th- there, there was undoubtedly different technology, different movies talking about different things back in the 70s, 80s or whatnot that some tech nerdy guy who was perceived to be a nerdy person back then mm-hmm. was fascinated about. And they're like, you know what? What if we could actually make this or that or a right. hoverboard or whatever it is? And then all of a sudden you see that thing in real life. Right. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you, you think about, you think about, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say Star Wars is probably the best example of it, even though there are things that you could say that probably, you know, lend to that. But primarily, if you look at Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of what the whole idea of that life or that that series was and what that, you know, culture was for humanity at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was all science fiction at the time frame. Nobody had any type of real ideas on how to actually make that a reality. Whereas, honestly, with where we are right now, I could see that type of situation taking place 60, 70 something years from now. Just yeah. because, you know, if, if you, I mean, if you think about it, if you get to that point of, um, and this is really what every, when you hear about people talking about universal basic income or what, and I don't know if you're familiar with that term or if you've heard about it, but you know, when you hear Elon Musk talk about it, when you hear Bill Gates talk about it, when you hear Warren Buffett, even to a certain extent, talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, he talks about doing it via a income tax credit. Um, and all these different people, what they're basically telling you is that whether you believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, we are in a capitalistic society and in a capitalistic society, every company has the intent and the uh, the goal and really the responsibility to maximize their profits. Right. You know, when, whenever you can make a widget for one cent and sell it for a dollar, that's great. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you can make that widget for less than a cent and sell it for two dollars, 
that's going to be even better. Right. And, and the lower you can get those production costs, the lower you can bring your cost to consumers, the more you will sell, the more profit you will make. And what they're saying is that, you know, with artificial intelligence, with automation taking place at a faster and faster pace, you know, it's not going to be feasible for these companies to pay somebody $60,000 a year when they can get a machine who can do the same thing at a much higher quality and mm-hmm. for much less expense. And, and so what you're going to have is more and more unemployment over time. And then you're going to have cheaper and cheaper goods and services over time. And, and so at a certain point in time, there's going to have to be some type of situation to where regular people are able to contribute to society by being able to pay for things and whatnot. But when, when all the jobs are done ro- uh, by robotics or a good portion of the jobs are done by robotics, because there's not really many industries I can think of right now to where artificial intelligence probably will not, uh, you know, kind of venture into. But what will humanity do? Yeah, you can sit down and kick it all day, and I'm sure many people will, but there's something about, you know, that human desire for the unknown, you know? So I could definitely see people getting on these different ships and being, you know, basically scientists and going out and just learning because that's that will be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've studied here and we know what's going on here, but man, what's going on in this galaxy? What's going on here? Every day's a new kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see something like that happening down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we probably wouldn't be thinking about that unless, you know, that that content creator back then, uh Gene Roddenberry, um had come up with that concept. So it's like I said, it's just fascinating for me to think Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Shout out to all of them. You know, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis. Uh, you know, I'm, I, so two of my favorite, favorite, favorite authors of all time. I mean, I, I love... Uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. And, I, and I love, um, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings and things like that. So um, those, thing, those, those things have always been... Uh, fun for me and like you said all of the things we talked about man it just it helps you dream it inspires you so i guess just to kind of close on that note man you know this has been a very positive show it, has. it wasn't really like it, it wasn't a show like we've had in the past where we right. talked about all doom and gloom and you're right to, to, tomorrow the sun will shine it will shine the brightly sun will shine tomorrow but <laughs> shout out to all the creators and uh you know thank you to all the people that have uh, you know inspired us and uh who have um you know gave us an opportunity to dream and we just want to say that to all of our listeners man keep dreaming keep being inspired man to be the best you can be every day um because you you really don't know what small thing you in your mind is a small thing that you're thinking of uh that will turn out to impact the world and make it a better place and 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 you just don't know how how i mean uh you know well Gene Roddenberry, you know, these guys, they had no idea when they were creating this stuff what it was going to do, the enjoyment, you know, the yeah. inspiration it was going to be to so many, many people down the line. I mean, that one thought that we got to create Star Wars created jobs and careers. Oh, and yeah. A lifetime of different impacts over millions of people. Absolutely. Uh, over, you know, so 
you know, anything, you know, and I'm pretty sure that he probably thought he was crazy or somebody thought he was crazy the first time he told somebody. Somebody probably took the script that George Lucas was writing on him and, and took it into the other office like, look at what old crazy George. <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep this guy around. I know. So, man, we got to get George out of here, man. All he right. Then they probably making fun of him at the water cooler. Look, George, I'm trying to push you away with the force <laughs> exactly exactly and uh, and so you know no matter how crazy it seems man you if you got a dream you got a belief you got something you're passionate about man you know put it on paper man and go for it and uh hopefully listening to us here you know uh that that's what we're doing for you guys too it's just uh it's entertaining uh you get some uh, inspiration and aspirations uh from listening to us and uh then that means what we're doing is is not in vain, and uh, you know, hopefully you're enjoying it as much as we are. Absolutely, you know, a, a small idea or an idea that you think is small can really spark a, a, a wildfire of positivity and can really spread to places that you know most people would not have imagined that it could potentially spread to. So, with that, um, thanks everybody for listening. Email us at noideacast at gmail dot com with. You know, any kind of uh, comments that you have about the show, also hit us up on Twitter at No Idea Cast. Uh, hit us on Facebook at No Idea Cast. Go to our YouTube page. We will be putting up some new stuff there. We hope that you share all of our stuff. Obviously, check us out on SoundCloud. Repost us, share us, uh, like us, comment on it. Do the same on our uh, iTunes page, all at No Idea Cast. So, uh, with that, uh, for AD, all good. Russell, No Idea Podcast, we're out. Oh. Thank <laughs> you.